What's the crack? Welcome back to the Irish Voice Podcast. 3-0 Manchester United beating Everton Day in what was probably the trickiest fixture, I think, for a club aspiring to be in the top four this week. Yeah. And trickiest in the sense of what Everton went through the past few weeks and what it's come to now. Do you enjoy that? I really did. 3-0. Clean sheet. Yes, I did. You Karen? I'm ecstatic. <laughs> <laughs> ecstatic. Our, all of our strikers scored? What? Yeah. yeah. Even Tony. Even Tony. I mean, it's three points. It's a brilliant win for Manchester United, and it's probably the first step in what is the acid test now for Everton Hag in the lead up to January. I think what's going on off the pitch, all eyes are going to be on him and what he can do in this next run. So he needed to win this one. He has won this one. I mean, we'll get into the performance and stuff in a bit, but take nothing away. It's three goals. It's players that we were criticising for not scoring goals, scoring goals, and Alejandro Garnacho has just sailed the goal of the season award, possibly the goal of the century award. It Absolutely. was that good. Yeah. It was that good. Better than Munich's. I don't know if that's a dangerous claim because uh, it was in, in a derby against City. But the fact that I think they mentioned it there before the when they showed the replay when he had taken off, that he had a lot more to do in the sense that he had to take more steps and get himself into shape, and then you know shuffle a bit and then go up and get the kick and get it on with the foot and not the shin. I think that is what makes it such yeah, a good goal. Such a good goal. Yeah, for young it player, was a sec- and technique. If that doesn't give you confidence I mean a bicycle kick can be a bicycle kick right they're spectacular when you see them when they come off and when they win they're hard enough to do on their own when the ball is that far behind you yeah. now Rooney did the same but for Rooney Rooney had to turn change his body angle and then hit the ball and he hit it brilliantly coming off his shin into the net who cares what it comes off as long as it goes, as long as it goes in, in. Yeah. Garnacho, I think Gary Neville nailed this Garnacho has to take three four steps away keep track of the ball and then get himself up to put that over past Pickford it was an incredible goal. It's a once-in-a-lifetime goal. He should, he can live off that now for the rest of his life. That was unbelievable. Puskas award in the bag. He'll be eating his meals for free in Argentina. <laughs> <laughs> if he scores for them. Yeah, I mean, it's also good to see that moment between Bruno Fernandes and Marcus Rashford, where I think Bruno Fernandes, as a captain, who gets slated, slated by myself as well. I don't particularly like Bruno Fernandes as a captain, but it's nice to see those moments, that moments of influence that he has when he hands the ball to Rashford and says, no, you take this penalty. And if Rashford misses it, God, there would have been a holy slaughter on the go for Marcus Rashford afterwards, but fair play to him, he scored it. And then the movement, I think, for the third goal, really positive. Brilliant football. Yeah. That's the football. That's, we know, that's the football we know they can play. That's, I think that's what's frustrating for you sometimes. Yeah. And, and you know, I think it frustrates us all. I think there was a few moments, again, in much better in the second half there, but there was a few moments that we were shouting, cut back or pass yeah, there. And like, it's right there that we can see it. We have a brilliant view of it now. But as players, professional footballers, there's decision makings at times during the matches that I think you have two or three easy, easy goals there. Yeah. Yeah. But I think the biggest frustration for me is today is a brilliant example of what frustrates me as Manchester United fan. Garnacho's goal was exceptional, it was brilliant. And Manchester United got themselves in front so early in the game and then they were shit in the first 45 minutes in my opinion because it was the same crap. It's the slow passing the ball in and around the defenders, back to Nana. And I mean, maybe that was a tactic to take the sting out of the game and fair play if it is and you can turn around and point to that. But it's consistent and for me it's really frustrating. Then you have the second half and you watch the other two goals go in and the way the Manchester United attacked Everton and got at Everton and could have scored more goals and you're sitting thinking, why... Are you so inconsistent with your behaviours and the way you, you play these tactics? First half, defenders knocking the ball about for the crack, spreading it about the pitch. 
knocking it around, not doing very much with it. The midfield doing very little with it. And I think Kobe Mania had a few passes in the first half that I really liked if that had come off with him brilliant. But largely ineffective all around. And then the second half, they just open up. But I, I tell you what, you both have talked a lot about Manchester United playing this way because they're underconfident. And I think the confidence definitely went up in the last 20 minutes there of that game. 100%. I think as soon as Bruno, first of all, with a good point with the captain. Yeah. And he has a, what a captain move. What a captain Fantastic. Move. Brilliant. And he smashed the top corner. And then from then, Rashford was like player transform. And I think that just cemented my, what I've been saying and what Jackie has been saying, confidence. Yeah. yeah. Forward players feed off confidence. I think we've seen a different Manchester United once they got the second goal, Rashford got a goal, Granacho got a goal, the move for the third goal. Was fabulous. And the move for, for the third goal was down to Palestri. Yeah. And it was one-touch football. And it was the quick football that you want to see and most United fans want to see. I thought the, the third goal, I thought, was the pick for me. Garnacho's goal was a worldie, absolute worldie. But that third goal, not because Anthony Martial scored it, right? But <laughs> That helps, doesn't it? It does help. But, <laughs> but it was the movement from Palestri to Fernandez to Martial. But I think there again, we're going down then to team selection and we're saying that one player was able to do it and the rest weren't. But then I, I, I'm going to run it back and I am not going to be negative here. But I am going to be sensible. I'd run it back and turn around and go, well, how can the team not do it? You know, why did Palestri coming on all of a sudden spark that one moment of good football? And it, it was brilliant from Palestri. I'm not taking away from Palestri. And Palestri does have that. Why are the team not doing that in the first half? I don't know. Palestri is that type of player, though. Palestri is the type of player that likes to plays the ball forward. And when he can, at every opportunity, he plays the ball forward. Very, I don't see him very often playing the ball back. If there's a ball to be played forward, or he runs at defenders as well, he's forward thinking. He's a forward thinking player. No matter what. And he is, and that's just him as a player. I would say that Garnacho, Rashford, Bruno are all forward thinking. No, players. I disagree with you. Rashford receives the ball and stops. Rashford at times has got no spatial awareness. He is not aware of the play around him. He stops. He t- he stops to take stock. Palestri sees the two moves ahead of him. He's that quick. Well, Rashford so, can't do that. But I've seen Palestri start over Rashford, which everyone called for, and he was shocking. But it's easy to do when you're a substitute. Because when Garnacho for a long time, has frustrated the life out of me. Now, the goal today is undeniable. And Garnacho had a very good game. But when Palestri starts, he's not the player that you're talking about. So, do you know what I mean? It's easy for Palestri to come in and have that one moment. And I, I agree with you. Palestri did everything that you're saying is correct. But why can the team not do that for 90 minutes? Do you know what I mean? Like, what is going wrong again, fundamentally, that is causing Manchester United to play one way in the first half and then a lot more positively in the second half? I don't think it's personnel changes and substitutes, Mum. I think something is still not quite right. I, well, I think you're wrong. And I'll disagree with you. They right? created one chance in the first half and that was Granada. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But Palestri, well, not just Palestri, there's players, young players that are coming in and out of the team that are not given their chance. They're inconsistent because they're, they've been dropped if they had a bad performance and sitting on the bench for weeks, months even. While players, and I'm going to cite Marcus Rashford, are on that pitch for 90 minutes, week in, week out, putting in awful performances. Yeah, 
I can see your points, but I'm going to be as blunt as possible here. Palestri is not better than Marcus Rashford and Anthony. He's not. Is he playing better than Marcus Rashford and Anthony? Yes. Do you know why? Because he plays for 15 minutes spells. So it's easy to pick out a player from 15 minutes and say, oh, we should give him a chance. Because it happened. We sat on this podcast and you called for Rashford to be dropped and Palestri was shocking. One game. Well, I'm talking about a run of games. You want Palestri to start game after game. I want Palestri And you honestly think against, he will I, add value to the squad. Marcus Rashford scored a penalty today. Now, Kieran thought he played well the second half. I still think he was under par. I don't think he played well at all today. But he's untouchable at the minute. He, he's never dropped. And yes, I would like to see Marcus Rashford dropped for a few games. To play Palestri. To play Palestri. And if it doesn't work. Then it doesn't work. So you want to take the gamble and potentially... What gamble? What gamble? Marcus Rashford has scored two goals, one of them's a penalty from the start of the season. It's not really a big gamble. How many goals has Palestri scored? I'll go back to my point again. How many minutes has Palestri got? How many minutes? I just I don't get that logic. Marcus Rashford is ten times the footballer Palestri. It's not even an argument. But you want to put Palestri onto the pitch. Yes. And let Palestri take up those minutes. Yes. And then if he has four or five bad games and we go back to Marcus Rashford, what then? Well, at least we've seen tried. Palestri play once. And I mean, I know what you're saying. A run in the team and give him a string of games and stuff. But that is not what happens in football for a reason. Because for five days a week, Eric Ten Hag is in training watching Marcus Rashford play better football than Palestri. And that's why Rashford plays. And I know I get your point. But we, sitting as fans, are watching Marcus Rashford play and he's been very, very poor this season. So have Manchester United. Now, I know we are in the position that we're in. The acid test is coming up now, as I like to call it. All of a sudden, you've Galatasaray, Bayern Munich, Chelsea, Newcastle and Liverpool in a short spell. And a manager who is notorious for failing to beat the top teams. So I will judge all of their performances and the manager on what happens in the next coming weeks. And today, Palestri was brilliant. I don't agree that Palestri should be on the pitch with Marcus Rashford. Do you not think he should get more minutes? I don't think... Look, it's very hard for me to step into that logic. Because I don't think the coaching or the tactics are good enough. So it's very hard for me to pick out one player and turn around and say, you're the problem. You're the reason I've seen Manchester United play a very good football in a 25-minute spell there today, but I haven't seen it all season. It's because Rashford's poor. It's because, you know, we can't score goals. It's this, it's this, it's this. I think that's the grey. The black and white is the football is poor. What do you think, Kieran? I think, well, I can see both points, but I just... The way I've seen Rashford jogging about, lethargic, no effort, I'm undroppable. But then, when he gets the penalty, he turns, he looks ten times better. And I go back to the point again we make in the confidence in forward players. Yes, our midfield needs work. Yeah. 100%. I'm not going to disagree. Kobe Mainu today. Fair play. I thought he was really, really bright. He oh. is a definite eye for oh, a pass that kid. Unbelievable. 100% of his tackles won. Some stats for you, I know you love your stats. I see it at the end of the game. But it's one of the things I say oh. during the game is... And I, I'm sorry for constantly being negative, but is it not damn that an 18-year-old lad came in today and in one game against oh, yeah. Everton looked brighter than £400 million worth of talent? Their midfield didn't cost £400 million, right? I'm talking about the, man, the people that this manager has brought in. Do you know what I mean? Now, he had a club come in from the training academy, right? That he has brought into his first team. And fair play to him for bringing him in. But he has looked a lot better than Sophie and Amrabat, Christian Eriksen, Casemiro even, this season. Yes, These are multi-million pound superstars. So how is the kid coming from the academy that our manager's not coaching week on week 
doing better than these lads are. Because he's a better player. Christian Eriksen's a free transfer. Then Casemiro. Oh, oh, that's no. a big, bold one Sorry. There. Amrabat and Christian Eriksen. Yes, he's a better player than those two. Kobe Mainu. Kobe Mainu is better. In one game against is now better than Eriksen. And that's a big call. But Christian Eriksen has dropped off a cliff. Sofian Amrabat is not the player that we expected. He's certainly not the player we've seen at the World Cup. And he's certainly not the player that played for Fiorentina last season. Then why did he come in? I have no idea. We all wanted him in. We were all looking forward to him coming in. From what we because seen. from what we've seen of him in the past, Casemiro's injured. He definitely steps in. Now I think the first two touches he had today, he lost the ball. Now whether that's inconsistency, mm-hmm. not playing every game, or lack of confidence, who knows. But We're talking about... We're talking about an 18-year-old wonder kid, Rory. Yeah, but I mean... you He's a wonder kid. You just made the point that Palestri had one game and he didn't get a consistent run in the team and he should be given that because his one game is poor. Kobe Mainu plays once today and he plays well. So why does Palestri need a run games to play well? Why can he not do what Kobe Mainu did today and just take his chance when he's given it? He did today. Oh, no, Palestri took it for 15 minutes. But when Palestri started, when we all wanted Rashford dropped and we all wanted the big superstars dropped, we got it. We got Granach on Palestri. Palestri was awful. Gave the ball away, wasn't able to take his man on, he got bullied. And that's, I think, a, a big thing for Palestri. He needs to start. He has one up. game. You bullied. can't judge him in one game. Kobe Mainu had a really Kobe good Mainu game. Kobe Mainu in one Kobe game Mainu and said he's better We're talking about from what we've seen of generational we've seen. talent. And for me, Kobe Mainu is a generational talent. But Palestri isn't. Palestri is not, no. But so Palestri is a very good. Palestri is a very good forward thinking player. Who can read the game a lot better than Marcus Rashford? There's plain English. So I don't get that logic. <laughs> I don't. Palestri comes in and gets a chance and can't take it, but won't stick with Palestri. Kobe Mainu comes in, really throws shade at our manager and his decision making that he would have Christian Eriksen in that team over that kid. Well, why do we buy Mason Mount? I think, can Kobe Mainu play with Mason Mount? Well, that's what I've, I've said. You already watched Kobe, uh, Kobe Mainu and Mason Mount play pre season. And they. Battered that Arsenal team. Mm. Yes, yes, sorry, it's pre-season. Yeah. I have no respect for pre-season, Kieran. I really no. don't. Because no. I watched Andres Pereira for a few oh. seasons look like Pirlo. Yeah, and then turn up like loved his, I think he loved his wonder goals during pre-season when he looked... Oh, this Even is brilliant. This when everyone was not... Uh, you have to think about pre-season. No player is going out to pre-season for a big team and playing at 100%. Right? So a Kobe Menu and a Mason Mount who have a point to prove are going to play at 100%. So when you're playing against these players and these players aren't really trying because they don't want to get hurt it's only pre-season, they're going to look good. But from what you've seen today in Everton, right, and what we've seen in Mason Mount, do you think that Manu and Mount can form a partnership in there that will last, that is going to be the solidified, this is our midfield now, it's Manu, it's Mount, it's Fernandez. Right, we need that something. Oh, 110. Do you know what I mean? But do you think that's it? Like you saying that the whole, the whole 400 million worth of talent. Yeah. Christian Eriksen's a free transfer. Mm-hmm. So Amrabat isn't the player we thought he was going to be it's a loan deal yeah. and not the not the midfielder we wanted again in Frankie de Jong I think he wanted Gravenberg in the summer McTominay didn't cost nothing he's come up through the ranks he wanted rid of McTominay exactly I think he wanted McTominay out the door so, to sign Gravenberg so yes we're going to sit here and say Kobe Mainu and go back to your point on, on during the week there we're in the podcast it doesn't matter what age you are yeah if you're oh, it doesn't matter you're good enough you're old enough whatever Barcelona have done it for years. It, Gabby, I, it's, the, it's the, Gabby, the Gabby point you made during the week. I would like Manu to start now. I just don't know. I, I don't know. I suppose I haven't seen enough of the lad to know if he can. If he plays with Mason Mount here, 
he has to hold midfield. Now he looked very good today at bursting forward, coming forward with the ball, and those wee progressive passes through the lines, right? But he had Scott McCominay in there, and I don't like Scott as a holding midfielder, but he is willing to be combative, and today he had to be physical, and he was physical. Yeah. But can Kobe Menu hold midfield for Mason Mount? From what I've seen today, yeah, yes, I think Darren agree with me, 100%. What if, when Harry Maguire and was pushing up, Kobe Menu was the one dropping back? He dropped back. But... All of a sudden, you're not playing against the Curry and Gorner, and you're playing against Rodri and De Bruyne and them players. Do we think that Manu Mount Fernandez is good enough to win the league? Because that's as a Manchester United fan, right, and anyone associated with our football club, that should be your logic from you get up in the morning till you go to bed. Setting for mediocrity should not even be in your mindset. What you have to think constantly is: Is this going to win the league? I don't know about Mount, and I don't know why we signed Mount. I don't know where he fits into the team. We'll have to see. But Kieran's right. They did. I watched all the pre-season matches and it worked pre-season. And I know what you're saying, Rory, about that's not the real world. Oh, you know, it definitely it's isn't. But it just remains to be seen. And when Mount gets up to speed and Maynard gets a constant run of games in yeah. the team. Will he, though? I think so. Okay, well, because Christian Eriksen, this is the last season at Man United. There's talk about Casemiro going in January. But I just find it funny that he's had Manu available for a couple of weeks now, right? And we're only seeing Manu now because Mount and Eriksen get injured. So Manu was injured and then there was an international break. Has Manu not been back for about a month and a half? No. He's been back, he was back in grass for a couple of weeks. But he's played in the international break. And he's played a few games for the under-23s, has he not? He's played for the under-23s. He's played one game and one friendly behind closed doors against Hull. Yeah. And then he played today. And yeah. then he played, and he today. played today. So you think Ten Hag wants to start him then? And he played 71 minutes today. Apparently Ten Hag loves him. I can see why. And apparently the Ten Hag was raging, raging that he got injured. The boy has real talent. He is potentially going to be a superstar. And he seems to think it already. He has a, a struth about the way he plays. Bit he, of an arrogant yeah. manner about him. He just kind of moves into space very well. Pog strokes best. the ball forward. He, I've, I've said it, yeah. said it yeah. before. I'll say it again. He reminds me of Pogba. I think we, we, I think we all said it during the week there. I think he's graceful on the ball. He can take it in tight positions. The ball sticks to his feet. He's, he's not flustered. No, nothing fierce. Even him. when there's two or three around him, he's not flustered. He always looks for the out ball. Yeah, and I had to check it, and this is... I'm not trying to be argumentative, but he was available against Luton. He's on the bench, just didn't play. So will he? Will our manager consistently play Kobe Mainu when he it has to be Christian Eriksen? just have to wait. I don't think he will. I don't think he will. I think if he hasn't... I think he put Kobe Mainu in today out of necessity. I think Christian Eriksen's gone from the team. Mount has gone for the team. He kind of had to play Kobe Mainu today. And Kobe Mainu, in my opinion, has now taken his chance. He has shown to me that he has enough to take Christian Eriksen and say, yeah. Christian... Thank you for your service. 110%. And that's what young players have to do. Take their chances. Take the chances yeah. when you get them and run with it. Yeah. But one of the biggest criticisms I have had of Ericsson Hag, and I hope I don't see it, but I believe that I will see it, is that he is captain safe and he goes for old reliable. And when he gets Christian Ericsson back now, who's only out for a couple of weeks from what we hear, it'll be McCommonie and Ericsson. I really hope I'm wrong. I really hope you're wrong. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I really uh, like to see Manu play now. But do you not think he, he, could, he could have... Went for a midfield of Bruno Amrabat and McTominay today. He won't play Amrabat. With with Scott, sorry. He won't play the two of them. You know, or Hannibal. He's played Hannibal in there. And like, 
I suppose this is what I'm, I'm looking at and I'm trying to work out in my own head now. He played Scott McTominay today because Scott McTominay is big and combative and Scott held. He was a lot deeper today, Scott. We didn't see yeah. the marauding runs and the getting up front. It had to be physical today. I think yeah. he had to match the, Physicality. the cauldron of atmosphere and yeah. goodness that we're going to get today. So I think that was him putting Scott out so that Scott would compliment Kobe Maynard and like Kobe Maynard to be the playmaker. So for me, personally, logically in my head, I don't see him partnering Maynard with Mount because he played Everton today and he believed that Maynard was going to need McTominay. Well, no, I think we've we've all discussed it. I think Scott McTominay is no good holding midfield. No, I think no, no. right. Scott McTominay is good at drifting forward. Is he's better in the attacking sense, and he showed it for Scotland, and he's showed it in a couple of games for us. I think he wanted Kobe, Kobe Manu to be the one sitting back more. Yeah. yeah. And Scott to drift into the box and join the and join Bruno and the attacking players. And I think Kobe Manu did very very well in the job he was asked to do. And apart from if only Garnacho scored that wonder goal, I would be even man of the match. Yeah, yeah. Kobe Manu was. Fantastic. He came. He came deep today to collect the ball. Did you yeah. see that? Very Frankie de Young like. Well, I mean that's that's what Tanag is needed for. Yeah, right? you know. Maybe he's that's like, why Tanag loves him. Pogba used to do. Yeah, exactly. When Maguire played with Pogba, I think yeah. Maguire loved it because Maguire would know in his part that he was completely safe. Here comes Pogba. I don't have to pass. The, I can't find a long pass. I don't have to pass a short. Paul, do your thing. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, and Pogba would try and drive the team forward. And United have missed that for years. It's just, it's whether or not he can play with Mount, I think. And whether or not he'll play him with Mount. Mm. I just hope he doesn't get Christian Eriksen back and put Christian Eriksen straight back in with McTominay. No. Because if I was Manu after playing that well today, it doesn't work. I'd be like, I don't think he will because when Christian Eriksen went on international duty the last time, and it was one of the Danish reporters asked Christian Eriksen, you know, why are you not getting picked for the your club team? And he tur- he snidely turned around and said, ask the manager. So he has been dropping him. Oh, so, he has. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he's... Look, we'll just have to wait and see. When Mount is back from injury, Kobe Mianu did his chances. He, t- he took his chance very well today. Yeah, Very did. well. And he could be having an on audition for yeah. the first 11. And I, I am not on social media, but I'm sure if you check the social media pages today, it would be all be singing the praises of Garnacho and Kobe Mianu. Here's one for you. Based on today, does Marshall start now over Hoyland if he's fit? Good question. I mean, the lad scored. Hoyland can't find a goal. Marshall won the penalty. Hoyland can score in Champions League, so he doesn't start on Wednesday night. And he said himself this week, he can do it in Champions League. He scored five goals. It will come. Yeah. You know, I think if he, t- if he drops him now, I think that gives a bit of a dent in confidence. Yeah. And... And this plays four four two. That's I wouldn't mind that. I mean, Marshall is more experienced than Rasmus. And look, I'm not saying in the long term. I'm saying in the short term now. Yeah. Marshall wins a penalty, scores a goal today. But to me, that's showing more than Hoyland. The only thing I would argue with you in on say to your point that Marshall did nothing in that game apart from score that goal. Yeah, I agree. Nothing. Very little. Very very little. That's not all he has to do though. Well, I think and Ten Hag likes as well that the way Hoyland yeah. is and he does a lot more for the team. And he can score the goals too as he, show, as he has shown. He's done in the Champions League. Yeah, yeah. wholeheartedly concede that. And, but he, and we can all say that he has been robbed of a few goals. Far. far and decisions. Decisions and has gone against him in the Premier League. And if he gets one, he gets two, he gets going. Yeah. I just I wonder now if he doesn't start scoring at what point do we... And can Tony Marshall stay fit? That's another thing. Probably not. See, that's it. 
But I mean, he just made the point. You know, Plessy comes on and Plessy does that wee bit. And if, based off that wee bit, you want him on for Ashford. But can the same logic not be applied to Rasmus Hoibland because you've got a striker that's not scoring I think again you're goals. twisting my words. I think what <laughs> I said was that I would rather have a forward-thinking player like Palestri who can read the game better than Rashford. I you just, did twist my words there, didn't you, Kieran? Yeah, I yeah. Said you did slightly, you did. I said you want so Palestri to yeah. play over Rashford. I, Which is exactly what you just a said A player again. of his ilk, not just Palestri, right? But I'm using Palestri as an example. So the you want type to of buy player. somebody else? No, you can use Plastry until we buy somebody. I think so you much... are saying you want Plastry on instead of Rashford? Yeah, I am. Right, okay. Long story short. It took us ages to get there, but yes, you <laughs> are saying that. Roundabout. Yeah, you yeah, twist things. No, you just like to argue no. things. <laughs> right, so you do want Plastry on Rashford. I want to be retakes after. Well, he's our So, you know, cash not be... No, I'd rather see Plastry play than Rashford, yes, I Okay, but Rasmus Hyland can't score goals and Anthony Marshall scores today, but we're still sticking with Hyland and we're not playing Marshall. I said for Wednesday. Oh no, I just mean in general. Like, we have a really tough run of games coming up in the Premier League. The Champions League, I think, is now not part of our seasonal goals. If it happens, brilliant. If it doesn't happen, I don't think we judged on it. I'm talking about Newcastle, Liverpool, Chelsea. Does Anthony Martial play or Rasmus Hoyland? Based on today. Based on today, I'm still going to go Rasmus Hoyland. Okay. Fair play to Martial. He's good to have, if he stays fit, he's good to have on the bench. He's good, good backup. Good backup. He's good to even 4 4 2 if you have to give it give that a whirl. Hmm. But I'd love to see four four two. Back to old school, Colin York. Back to the four four two. Give it a go. May, may work, may not, but it may be an option. Have a bit of a backup beside. Martial has ha, has that bit more has a bit of experience compared to Rasmus Hoyland. That's and he's more composed in front of goal. Not take it away from because he's Martial when he's fit and he was firing goals in. He does have a bit of more. But if you play four four two, you can't play Bruno's ten then. So where's Burnham play? Listen, he's never going to go 4-4-2. He's, he's, he's never, never going to change no. the tactics for no. that. No, he's not, saying he, if, he's not going to. Yeah. But in the grand scheme of things, Anthony Marshall, he created the penalty and he scored. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I mean, it's a funny one. Like It, it is it's, it is a weird one. One I never thought I would seriously be sitting here considering. No. no. But in terms of output, Rasmus Weiveland has played weaker teams than Everton and not put the ball away. And Anthony Marshall no, has gone out against Everton in a tough environment today and come away with yeah, his head held day. I'll take a point. Do concede he didn't do a lot in the game. Nothing. But I've seen our strikers try to do a lot this season and end up with nothing. The lad scored, so the lad's he's a plus in my book. Like. Yeah, no, but I'll, I'll definitely come back um, in the second to that second half performance. And once we got a bit more confidence, a bit more go for the jugular. And yeah. I haven't seen that all season. I'm happy to see it. And, and we, yeah, I agree. We, and we've shown, you know, we've got one goal panic and we concede one. Play well, sorry, which we didn't do. No. And that frantic 10 minutes that Everton had, we did not concede a goal. Yeah. I think in the first half, if Everton had a scored and got in a 1 each, it would have been a very, very different game. It would have, I think so yeah. as well, yeah. Because Everton were in the insanity and he nearly couldn't get near Everton's goal. But to play devil's advocate, I'm thinking of the Copenhagen game when the red card completely changed the game. Did the penalty decision change the game today? In United's favour? I think it was a stonewall penalty. Yeah. 100%. But, but Everton kind of looked like they but, didn't fear United. No, but no I, not the second half. I agree with Kieran. We can make the second half. half much better. We controlled it, I think. We did. Everton had their flurry. flurry. They, sh- they should have got a goal okay, back. 10 minutes madness. Yep. And then it never happened again. Did we come close to scoring before the penalty? I think we did. There was a couple of chances. Like Garnacho, the wide one from Garnacho. Yeah. yeah. Were, we were going forward. 
Yeah, we're, we're creating we're, chances. Creating chances. Which we don't do. No. Which we did today. But we were. And yeah. I was glad. That's I good to see is what I'm good saying. At, yeah. yeah. I was glad to see that in the second half. Yeah. I think everyone think they hit the crossbar. Yeah. That was the closest to came. That was the closest to came. Long range shot outside the box that hit the crossbar. And, you know, I think I'll back, um, I'm going to go back around it again. I think, you know, once Bruno given Rashford the penalty, and then we've seen Rashford going forward, beating people, one twos, integral play with the forward line. And I think everyone got that. Give everybody else a lift behind him. It's like, oh, right. Yeah. But I think everyone's heads went down as well after that second goal. It did. I did. And like, I think, yeah. I know people are frustrated with this playing with the, the ball around the back and, you know, but wanting the opposition to come on to you and stuff like I thought, I, in my opinion, Everton tired near the end as well. I mm. think they were up for it, well up for it, the first half. And then the second half, we controlled it. You see, Man City do the same thing tactically, right? And why it works is because you have to get in City's faces to beat them. And City have that allure. So from the start, you're going to attack City's defenders and you're going to try and win the ball back off them because you know what's coming if you don't. And City have a fear factor about them. And I think that's why Manchester United have struggled in parts of this season. Because when we get the ball and we start passing around our defence, the opposition is looking going, you're not going to do anything with it. You know, you're not Man City. Keep the ball all you want. We know that you're not going to come forward in a flurry here and score a goal. So you can have the ball as deep as you like. Because we know you're going to do nothing with it. Because our four players aren't firing. Because they're not firing. Because they're not but scoring. Eric Ten Hag has said in his last interview, our press conference, he said that he can see glimpses of progression in that Man United team. And I have seen glimpses of progression today. Not because of the scoreline, because of some of the passages of play. Yeah, I would concede that I, I can see certain certain positives in that. Yeah. But then I think about what I seen in the first half and it just brings me right back down to reality. It does. That if you play that way that against happen. the bigger teams for 45 minutes, first 45 minutes, you'll get killed. That can happen any team in the Premier League, right? Yeah. I can't. It's just, we've watched many games we in now, 12-13. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I think there is a really clear, identifiable style to Manchester United's play. I just don't like it. Or maybe they're not implementing it properly. Maybe the way that Eric Ten Hag is talking about he can see glimpses of progression is we're in the start of this journey with the style of play. But they're not... Now, I watched Man City yesterday in Liverpool. They're way up there, higher than we are at the minute, right? But they progress the ball an awful lot around the back, you know, the back line. But they progress it quicker. And then once it gets into midfield, it's double speed. Where we're plodding still through that midfield. But what's it going to take to change that? Change of personnel. So we're back to the players? No, I wouldn't say just change of personnel. It's players implementing the tactics that he wants to employ. Should he not be able to get his current team playing that way after the length of time he's been in the job? It's been in I mean, I watched, I watched Spurs play Villa today, right? And the great mistake of Ange Postacoglu, he'd beat again by Villa. Now, yes, they have the injuries and stuff out. So Spurs fans who have listened to, I suppose, us and would turn around and say, right, well, you're not going to get away with saying you had two or three injuries and that changed their entire style of play. We have 10 out and then you're going to say, oh, look at Ange getting beat. So, bit of pragmatism, I think. But Spurs and Villa today, i seen two teams who I've watched a couple of times this season and it's the same football and it's good to watch. It's attacking, it's quick, it's fast, it's getting the ball up the pitch, having a go from the wings, you know, and, and progressing the ball quickly. 
And then I watch United again for the first 45 minutes. Not the second 45 minutes, the first 45 minutes. And I'm just thinking, what? What is this? Like, why is it so slow? And the defenders started the game. If you watch the first five minutes of Manchester United before the Garnacho goal was in, our defenders were actually higher for a change. Maguire and Lindelof were higher. They were further up the pitch. And then the goal went in, and you're beating Everton, and it's almost like they regressed. And then all of a sudden, we've got that one goal, and it's the, the deeper defenders, and they're in almost close to Andre Onana, passing the ball in around each other. I just... I don't understand do what it's going to take for this man to yeah. not play that way. Sorry, but you don't think that's kind of... We've we pointed it out a few times, but the fact that this season, for whatever reason, we're always vulnerable, seem vulnerable whenever we score. So I think that was a nat, like, yes, played higher the pitch, but once we scored that goal, I think Lindelof and Maguire, who are normally deeper sitting defenders, yep, did revert back to that. Yeah. And I think that's part, like, part of the secchi, part of the reason why we just scored. They're afraid. They're afraid. Mm-hmm. That would make total sense. That, that, that's just take the lead yeah. take the lead there's that, that much of a damaged confidence about them right now that they actually feel that they have to do that yeah. Yeah, to but, survive which I totally agree with Kieran. totally and I think that's why that that flurry of 10 minutes yeah. that Everton should have scored in but didn't score will actually boost the confidence as well that yeah. we held on to that lead and we went on and progressed and scored two more yeah that would that would make total sense actually Uh I've got one for you. No. You was he first today? No. Are you ready to admit defeat on his decision making when it comes to Raphael Varane? That he simply does not want to play Varane now? It's starting to look that way. Yeah. Today was the big one. I, Luke Shaw's back at left back. Victor Lindelof played as the left side of centre back. It wasn't good old faithful Johnny Evans who we believed might have been the reason they kept Varane out. He's injured. Yeah, but what I mean is he had to play Lindelof and he still didn't play Varane. Yeah. He still shows Maguire. Yeah, but would there have been justification for dropping Harry Maguire? Harry Maguire's playing well. Yeah, that was my point to you as well, or yesterday, we were talking about I get it. that, I do. But if you want the tactics to change, and you want, you, you're choosing to believe, right, that we are playing this way because of certain personnel, but then you have Raphael Varane, who is totally capable of running with the ball in midfield, like Victor Lindelof does, and playing a much higher line, and you're choosing that plan. So does he enjoy... Now, we look at it, right... As football fans, we're not there with Arton High. We don't know his thoughts, don't know his feelings. I think this man looks at that football and thinks that's fine. It's not the most attacking system in the world. It's quite pragmatic, but we're winning. And the goal at the end of the day is to win. And I'm picking up points and I'm scoring goals and I'm doing all the good things. And I'm still, it's five wins and six. It wins games. I would disagree. I don't think he's happy with it, 100%. No, I, I think, sorry... I think that he would like them to play a quicker style of passing, yeah. but I think that's his style. I think his style is deep defenders, knock the ball about, let the opposition chase him, make mistakes. Well, I don't think it's deep defenders because Maguire and Lindelof played high today, but they had Kobe Mano dropping. They had Kobe Mano <clears throat> dropping deep as well for yeah. cover. Yeah, they were still too deep. I mean, the twenty minutes after the goal, they must have. Well, they can't. Harry Maguire hasn't got any recovery pace. He can't play. And Lindelof's Lindelof weak as water, yeah. as always. And I pointed out a few times we've in the first half. I get that, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about knocking the ball. You, Onana hits the ball out to Maguire. He throws it out to Lindelof. He plays it back, knocks it out to Dallow. Dallow back to Maguire. Maguire to Menu. Menu plays to Fernandez. Fernandez kicks it back to Maguire. Maguire kicks it back to Onana. I think that's tactics. But Keep I, the ball. 
probe the midfield, you know, move the ball from side to side and see what way the opposition reacts we've to. Said, we've said it time and time again, they're the type of players McGuire ended up are. I think if Martinez is fit, he plays with Ferran. That's the best two centre back parents we have. Harry Maguire is in form. He hasn't put a foot wrong, he's done very well. Oh but my god, if you imagine if you dropped Harry Maguire the and nation I, would the cry. British media will go into meltdown. It's like what does this guy have to do? Yeah. He'd Anybody made, with a I, bit of balls would not think about that. I'm sorry, I can't see that as an excuse. Oh no. I'm sorry, any, any good manager. So you were saying he's going to bow to the media and not play his style of football just no. to appease the British media? No, no, not, no, the, no, not saying that. I'm saying, is he any, any sort of human being or manager if he drops his informed centre-back? Do you think that Rafael Varane and Lissandra Martinez coming back changes our football? Of course it does. It does, 100%. I've seen, even in the first half when we weren't that good, having Luke Shaw back on the left made such a difference. Yeah. And you can't say he didn't. Why can Rafael Varane not play with Lindelof then? Ask the manager. Exactly. Because so it means would... you're dropping Harry Maguire. But we just said if Martinez was back, then Maguire wouldn't be playing, it'd be Rafael Varane. So not what was being said. So mm-hmm. if Martinez comes back, now Varane comes back into the team. I'm, I was saying... Or does Fra- Martinez play with Maguire? No, I'm saying Varane... No, Varane isn't playing. Because yeah. Maguire is in form and Martinez is out. Yes, yeah, so Maguire starts. Both them things. But we're also saying that Harry Maguire is detrimental to playing with a higher line and playing better football yeah. in terms so, of... But our manager won't try. I don't get that logic. I understand the form statement. But if I have a player like Harry Maguire who is not allowing me to play my style of play, I wouldn't give a fuck if he was in form or not. He can't play if he can't play my system. Well, that's your opinion. That's your view. Yeah, yeah. I, that would be oh, my that, view. That, I think yeah. that would be the view of any top manager to turn around. And we've seen it throughout all top tenures where a player has been playing really well or a player you know, is a brilliant player in his own right doesn't fit that monitor system. Guardiola does it all the time. Cancelo was a perfect example. Yeah. Cancelo had the season of his life with City. Yeah. And Guardiola looked at him and went, yeah. he's, he's not but right. I would like to think though, that when Martinez does come back, he has, has Harry Maguire, a conversation with Harry Maguire. He says, look, you've done fantastic. Um, you know, I'm going I'm to try, not, I'm not going to play you at the weekend. Yeah. You know, Martinez is back. He plays well with Ferran. They've done well for us last year in the good run we had. The trophies we probably we won the final, etc. Mm-hmm. You know, thank you, and you'll be you'll be on the bench. You'll you know you'll still get minutes, but I have to go with my. No, once Martinez is fit, best eleven. You're back to Ferran Martinez my and Lindelof Maguire. We drop to the bench. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Is that Ferran and Martinez is the right choice? Hundred and ten. Why is it not happening now? Why does it take Martinez coming back? Because like, he likes Martinez parents. He so likes. I'll tell you. He likes parents, right? Harry Maguire and Victor Lindelof played together before Eric Ten Hag came through the door. He started off Harry Maguire with Martinez. Didn't work out. So, Victor Lindelof, Rafael Varane and Martinez were the pairing going forward. When Martinez got injured last year, did he play Maguire or Lindelof? He played with Varane. With Varane. So the pairings argument to me doesn't make sense because he has paired Rafael Varane with Victor Lindelof. He is choosing... To play Harry Maguire. There's no grey area here. He is choosing to play Harry Maguire because what he sees from Harry Maguire in every phase of the game, he likes. That's it. Well, you're, you've been his biggest supporter the last few weeks as well, right? <sighs> oh, I think Harry Maguire's doing a brilliant job. And we all 110. Have. We all have. I really do. So why, why drop him? Because the football's crap. And if you're saying to me that he needs to have those defenders in, like Veron and Martinez, to play a better style of football, then Maguire must be dropped, irregardless of what I feel about him, irregardless of what the manager or the media feels about him. 
if you're telling me that the shit football I watch Manchester United play, the boring first 45 minute football that we've seen, is because of Harry Maguire and Victor Lindelof and their inability to play that way, while you have a superstar on the bench who can play that way, then my head starts to go. I'm, I'm sitting thinking, what, what, what are we talking about here? The player to make us play that way is sitting on the bench, but we can't play him because he doesn't want to pair him with another defender. He that doesn't, doesn't he make does, sense he doesn't, to me. He doesn't play that way. Yeah, but he paired him with him last season. What's different now? What has cha- I tell you what's changed. He is trying to implement his style of play. And the man he wanted out in the summer has come in, and I agree with you, is 110% in form. But to go back to my original point that sparked this conversation, I think this is his style of play. And Maguire's doing it right. It's the long diagonals from Harry Maguire. It's playing the ball into Anana, and it's not losing the ball. They probe midfield, and if it doesn't work in midfield, they come back to the defence and they start again. And that, that's the point I'm trying to make. I honestly think we are seeing Eric Ten Hag's style of play, and I really don't like it. I don't think because I just been watching the young fella Kobe Manu coming back and getting the ball a lot of the time. Hmm. I don't think he, he wants Harry Maguire on the ball, pinging balls out or trying to. Probe and Harry Maguire's only pinging balls all over the place because he's getting <coughs> space to ping balls all over the place. Yeah. You you get the like a Liverpool. He'll not get that chance. But he'll, he'll not get the opportunity. But what I'm saying is he'll play. For whatever reason, and there's been speculation about Varane and Fallen's out. And all that nonsense that goes on in the media. But I think that Harry Maguire, he's not dropping Harry Maguire, but Harry Maguire's in form. And Harry Maguire, I agree with you, Rory, he plays it safe at times as well. Yep. And Harry Maguire and Victor Lindelof were a partnership before Ertigan had come in. And he's sticking with that partnership until it breaks down again. Which so my ultimate did. point is that he, he's happy enough with it. He is happy enough with it. Yep. At the moment, at, at present. Moment. Yes. Yep. yes. That's all I was saying, just that he is happy with that. And that, in my eyes... It doesn't make sense to me. Well, you, well, you weren't, Are they the two defenders think, going forward? Absolutely I don't think not. You, I don't think you were... You could have been a bit more clear in your point there, right? I think you could have said, at the present time, with what yeah. we have, yes. No, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. I, that's not so, what I'm saying. I'm saying he has the tools at his disposal that he has at his disposal and he's choosing to play that way. But I, think he's I don't think it's a player's issue and this nonsense that it would give him another £300 million to bring in more players. He's no. not showing me enough for that. No. If he is choosing to leave Raphael Varane out of his team, right, because he likes the safeness and the stability of Harry Maguire and Victor Lindelof, fair play to him. But see, when he gets rinsed by Newcastle, Liverpool, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. the bigger teams, and he's smashed, and Maguire and Lindelof are exposed, that is when okay. I and a lot yeah. of other United fans will rightfully turn around and say, I told you so, this isn't the guy. This isn't the man. Anybody that can alienate Raphael Varane like that and have him sit on the bench to understudy Harry Maguire... But don't get me wrong, I think we're all of us sitting here would rather see Raphael Varane instead of Victor Lindelof on that field. I want to see Raphael Varane as the first name on the team sheet every time Raphael Varane you know is fit. Now, I did champion Harry Maguire. I didn't like how Harry Maguire got treated in the summer. And Harry Maguire is not a bad backup defender. But now, all of a sudden, I was sticking up for Harry Maguire because I didn't think, I thought Harry Maguire had a place at United. It was on the bench in case Raphael Varane got injured. But now I have a fully fit Raphael Varane sitting on the bench to watch Harry Maguire knock the ball about with Onana. And that, I don't like it. Well, does that not put, put the drive that's at your point holding in about the falling out? Yes, okay. How many times has this boy fallen out with a big player? He seems to fall out with all of them. How many times did Sir Alex Ferguson fall out with players? But Sir Alex Ferguson fell out with players came, but he also was a brilliant man manager. If it was one player, it was yeah. a player in one instance. Sir Alex Ferguson never consistently alienated three to four members of the squad. Now, he has fallen out with Ronaldo, and I agreed with him with Ronaldo in the end. The Sancho one, Sancho's a rat. 
in my opinion, he just does this at every club. He doesn't want to play football, that boy. So he jumps from ship to ship like a rat. You know, it's yeah, whatever he wherever he can find a home, he'll be happy till he causes an upset and another disturbance, and he moves on elsewhere. I can't have him. But Raphael Varane, consummate professional man that's won absolutely everything, and he simply turns around and says, "I believe I should be in the team over Harry Maguire." And this is enough to alienate that lad, have him go to Saudi for for me to watch Maguire and Lindelof till the end of the season. Yeah. Well, the I can't get on board with that one, guys. No, all we, all we all we can do is speculate and give opinions and hope, hope, and yeah, <laughs> hope, hope, <laughs> a lot of hope. Being <laughs> just one of these, but um, hundred percent. I mean, today's today's a good day, isn't it, the fans? It's three little, it's yeah. three points. Yeah. I think we're I think we're being very. Even negative hits oh, like you should be celebrating a 3-0 yeah. win. I was thinking we're going to have a nice positive podcast here today. Uh, do you know what? Oh, we'll always find some negativity. Yeah, we said it. Always. Yeah. Yeah. I, won't, I just can't watch Manchester United get beat by Newcastle, get beat by Manchester City, get beat in the Champions League, and then turn it all around and go, oh, it's five wins from six. I'm not that sort of person. I can't see that as a plus. But you're, you're talking about games that haven't happened yet. I am. And I really hope he changes his style of play. And that we see a more progressive, more advanced Manchester United. I just my biggest point from this is today was a brilliant win. It's a brilliant occasion to come away with three goals at Goodison Park any time. But if he plays that football in the first half against the Newcastle, even against Galatasaray on Wednesday night, Karen, United would beat. Convincingly, I think. Because Galatasaray will not respect Manchester United, not in Turkey. They didn't respect us at Old Trafford. No. So they're going to come all guns blazing and they will put Maguire and Lindelof under pressure and they'll press us high and they'll fly in the tackles and there'll be flares in the stands and it'll be as big. Yeah, the occasion could get to the United yes. players. I think we did really well to, to do that this season. At Goodison Park, but I just, I just still have a worry about these big occasions. I don't get... I don't get the buzz until about five minutes out before the kickoff because every time I go to have a buzz with the Caltrash room game, I'm just thinking, oh my God, you know, like... This, it needs to be different. It needs to be more. It needs to be the last thirty minutes of the second half. It needs to be go at them like you said. Go for the jugular. Yeah, I think that's one of the things. An like, early goal. An early goal, and all our forwards scoring today, and our second half performance mm-hmm. in a hostile atmosphere. I think is hopefully a good sign for the next hostile atmosphere. And it was really her, hostile in today in Goodison Park. I've never heard it that loud. No, never. Never heard it that loud. Not, not even when Liverpool's in town. Yeah. No. It was, it was great. And you look, I know I'm talking about how poor the first 45 minutes was, but the last half hour was brilliant. So we know what's in that team. We know what's know Until Everton had their spell. Yeah. Like, we didn't I just hope our coach lets us off the leash we from yeah. the first minute. Yeah. No boring, pragmatic, pass the ball in amongst the goalkeeper, get a feel for the game and see what the opposition are. Just go for it. Yeah. Just do an ange. You're... On the cusp of going out of the Champions League, have had it. Go with Galatasaray, 100%. Do a club, go heavy metal. Go heavy metal. If you lose the ball, who cares? You know, just progressive passes. Just get at Galatasaray and try and beat them. Marcus Rashford, Bruno Fernandes and Anthony, right, are attack-minded, progressive players who want to be on the front foot, who want to be going at the opposition. When you play a pragmatic, boring style of play like this, they're going to look bad because it's not in their nature to do that. It's not in their nature to keep the ball and not be so high up the pitch. So I think if he just, all I want from this man is just let them off the leash. Stop being so conservative. You know what I mean? Just this is this is the first big test 
since the last big test, which I think they're all big tests. They're all yes, yeah, which was getting beat to City and getting beat by Newcastle. And every time he comes up against a big team, Galatasaray is the first big game we've had in a bit of a spell now, a couple mm-hmm. of months maybe. I thought today's game was huge as well. We knew that there was going to be this siege mentality at Everton. They're coming off a good run. It's but our yeah. potential banana skin, you know, playing Everton. Okay, so, yeah, it is. I mean, he did well. We not, did well. Three goals. It's not a take away from Everton. I would agree with that. I think today was a big test. But the standard of Everton, in the grand scheme of things, it's you, not really a test, you, like, is you know, it? No, but you have to beat what's in front of you. Exactly. 110, and that's why I'm saying the Galatasaray game for me is the big one. Because Galatasaray are a decent side in their own right and have a brilliant home record. You talk about siege mentality, even when it comes to Europe, Turkey's very hard to go to. For any team? Yeah. You beat them, and I believe we've turned the corner, especially after the 3-0 win today. And even if it is pragmatic, boring football, and he still beats Galatasaray, that'll give me a lot of faith that maybe he can actually get this right. And I would love to see Kobe Mianu turn up on the team sheet. I would love it. Yeah. Just, just answer a few questions for my own mind's sake. Do you, do you see Kobe Mainu as a starter? Do you know? And if he plays him in the Champions League game, then that answers my question. I think yes. I do. Yeah. I think if he plays him in the Champions League game, Eriksen Hag will have answered my question about Kobe Mainu and the Christian Eriksen already when I had. It'll be him showing us as fans, Mainu's the lad now. Mainu plays. If you're good enough, you're old enough. <laughs> so Galatasaray is the next game coming up. We'll be here on Wednesday to watch that one. What do you think? I think... Today's giving me a bit of optimism. Today's me a bit Before today, before the performance today, mm-hmm. today was, as Jack Newman said, as a banana skin. And I think, wholeheartedly, I'm very positive coming off that second half. Yeah. All the four, four players getting the goal, interplaying with each other. You know, we didn't concede straight after the get, you know, scoring. Yeah. Um, in the atmosphere that we were going into, with everyone being dark points, the protests, the noise was unbelievable. That's given me a bit of hope for Wednesday. Mum. Yeah, I agree with Kieran. Today is giving me. There was a lot of positives to take from today, and I can see the, the green shoots of progression. Yeah, they are just green shoots. But, and I agree with Kieran that it was very positive that our forwards, were actually the ones that got in the score sheet today, and Andrew Onana played very well. Andrew Onana very well. excellent recently. Yeah, since that penalty save. Yeah. yeah, you talk about a man that just took a wee bit of a bend in period. Uh, he has been brilliant. I think the penalty save, yeah, was really the, the spark that I'm sort of let down. I'm the man. Yeah. yeah. I got this. I am the man. He's just his lat hand mentality. Yeah, yeah. He just sort of beefed up and said, look, I'm a He cleared a ball today. Um, was it Everton got a penalty? Or not a penalty, sorry, a corner. And he near took half them with him. <laughs> I thought, that's what you want to see in you your goalkeeper. Clear everybody. Yeah, ball and all. Schmeichel used to come clear man, ball, yeah. everything. Have you seen Schmeichel coming towards you, you wouldn't? No. <laughs> you backed, the, you backed away. We're on the other direction. So I think the positives coming out today, Kobe Mayo definitely the star. Yeah. yeah. Diogo yeah. wasn't shit for a change. No. And he was, I'll say it for you, Kier. Ca- he was good. good. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. The game's, he the game, was good. He was good. The game's over, I can say it. Yeah. He was good today. It was good. He's still a bomb scare. He was very good defend today. So some of the blocks in the penalty, you know, box were just unbelievable. Very unlike him. He looked like a defender today. Yeah, he did. I don't know. I think it's selling. I'm surprised the new daddy now. You see. Ah, uh, maybe that's it. Yeah. Well, hmm. yeah, maybe he's turned the corner. Yeah. Still don't want him anywhere near United, but no, all right. no, they didn't do all that. Yeah, so we're back on Wednesday to check out the Galatasaray game, get all the hype going for that match. I'm going to be quietly optimistic Manchester United can get a result in this. 
I just want him to go at it the same way he went in that second half. Yeah, 110. Hey folks, that's all we've time for. Talk to you again on Wednesday. Bye everyone. Bye.